what I meant to say was bleh. <laughs> you didn't got me. What all. you meant to say was bleh. Yeah, bleh. That, sounds, that sounds about right. <laughs> Welcome to episode 127 of Comical Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Corbett, and with me is... This is Merman, coming from your on site at Cabo. Cabo, huh? Yes, I'm on vacation. What are you doing there? Swimming. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably just floundering around in a bathtub. That's that's my guess. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> What's going on, man? Uh, not much. Same old, same old. Ah, yeah, I'm in vacation mode, baby. Yeah, when, when are you leaving? Next week. That's right. <laughs> but guys. I'm in vacation mode early. <laughs> uh, for those of you who don't know, Miguel is going to be gone for the next two weeks. So that means that next week's episode, we're going to have some special guests filling in for him. And then the episode after that, we're going to be doing a Tell Me a Funny Story special episode where I'm going to pick some of the funniest stories we've told in our past and just kind of do a best of gotcha. kind of real thing. So if there's any stories you think should be included, please reach out and let me know. Uh, I'm trying to narrow it down. I've been trying to go through the entire catalog and pick out the best ones, but I've only made it about 45 in so far. So nice. uh, it would help a lot if people would just tell me which ones they like and make a big difference. Next week, you can start the hashtag where to go. <laughs> going swimming in different states. Nice. <laughs> and aside from Miguel, we have a very special guest on the show today, Mr. Todd Black. How are you doing, Todd? Oh, I'm a special guest. I'm so honored. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing all right. Just happy to be here. What's your real name, sir? Uh, Diego Mantos de Pano Severes de Venice Veneano Semericano de Rando Bob the Third. Nice. <laughs> you seem to speak better Spanish than Miguel. Hey, shut up. <laughs> Todd Black sounds like a name I would make up to be like an alien. I'm Todd Black. <laughs> but still, that's a hey. badass name. I mean, come on. What's your name, sir? Todd Black. <laughs> Black. Todd Black. <laughs> did you know that James Bond was... I'm, I'm being serious. Did you know that James Bond was picked because the creator, Ian Fleming, thought that that was the most boring name he ever heard? Really? Like, <laughs> I swear. He he saw it in like in an ad or something. Or it was like a commercial ad where it was like, like actor's name was like James Bond or something like that. And he goes, that is the most boring name I have ever heard. I'll take it. But now, because of all that's happened, you when you hear James Bond, you go, oh, yeah. James Bond, you know, but super yeah. iconic. Yeah, uh, it, just show, it goes to show you can take any name and make it matter. You know, if you put yeah. the the right stuff into the character, yeah. Michael Gardner yeah. <laughs> in a world gone bad. <laughs> what inside your head? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's gone bad for a long time now. Yeah. Well, we got a lot to cover today, okay. so we're gonna get right into things. Miguel, what were your top two books this week? Uh, number two, Deadpool number fifteen by Gary Dugan and uh, Mike Hawthorne. It was good. Yeah, it was. Best part was uh, when Deadpool was fighting T'Challa. T'Challa? Yeah, T'Challa. Yeah, They're fighting in the bathroom. Yeah. Dude, what the hell was he doing, first of all? Was he pulling a U? Is that how you squat? You stand on top of the toilet? <laughs> no, he was doing an upper decker. Oh, okay. that's what that was? You take the lid off and you sit on top and, and shit in the top part of the toilet so when people flush it, like, comes back in. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> you, you, never, you never heard of an upper decker before? Dude, I don't. I'm not versed in toilet lingo like you are. <laughs> I thought you lived in the bathroom. No, I do not live in the bathroom. I run from people in the bathroom. Yeah, that's an upper decker. That's that's not. That's pretty common knowledge. What that is. is yeah. it, what? Okay. First of all, I didn't know about furries, and I didn't know about upper decker. So I, I'm learning new things. You need to spend go. more time on the internet. That's I was going to say, say. spend more time in the toilet. Like, no. 
yeah, uh, you're right. The T'Challa and Deadpool fight was pretty freaking good. Um, I loved the moment where he like throws the toilet water in his face. <laughs> Black Panther's like, "Fuck you, Deadpool." <laughs> <laughs> How about the part where he's like trying to ruin Game of Thrones for him? Yeah, that. So, and, and have you ruined like, Mr. Martin's book? I will never forgive you. <laughs> it was a good fight. It was very reminiscent of uh, the first time they met back in Deadpool twenty-five, I believe it was in the first volume. Yeah, um, it's it's a lot of fun. So it also ties into Civil War because of the guy. Yeah. Uh, well, it starts off with Deadpool trying to assassinate the Inhuman, the one that can predict the future that's causing Ulysses. The, yeah, the Ulysses, the whole Civil War thing, and uh, Deadpool actually infiltrates the Avengers Tower and, and gets to him. And why infiltrate? He has the ability to set up an appointment. <laughs> because if he kills him and gets away, he doesn't want them to know it was him. Really? Like they're not going to know who the nut jobs would actually. Well, there's a lot of assassins in the Marvel universe. They could. Yeah, I mean, nobody would automatically assume he's Deadpool, especially guns. If he's a good I mean, right guns now. are random. You know, yeah. anyone can anyone can get a gun. I mean, if it was like a superpower, you know, like <laughs> okay, let's see uh, who who has those energy blasts again. Oh yeah, is that yeah those two? You know, no, he's in prison. He's dead. He, he converted or did he? Sorry. Yeah, but with a bullet, you know, it's just like, okay, who has access to this kind of gun? And it's like a thousand people. Yeah, yeah but he's also an idiot, so you know he's going to do something stupid. Whoa, 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 hold on, hold on. Deadpool's an idiot? Yes. Come on. <laughs> Come on, smart. that's debatable and you know it. Oh, it depends on which part of his brain is talking at the time. <laughs> there you go. We've moved away from Daniel Way's Deadpool. Uh, now we're in smarter Deadpool mode. Oh, we're smarter you know, Deadpool. Oh, Jerry Dugan's been writing him as a very smart character. So he's Doc Red. <laughs> no, no, get it, not, Doc Green. Not quite. <laughs> but I mean, the only way they would know it was him at all is the smell. <laughs> they walk in the room, there's a lingering odor. Yeah, the upper decker. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I enjoyed the book. And you know, I'm not a huge Deadpool fan, but it was great. I liked it a lot too. It didn't quite make my top three, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. So, what's your number two? My number and it's two is not the upper decker. <laughs> no. My number two is actually the revisionist number two from Frank Barberi and Gary Brown. That was my number one. Uh, it's really good. You know, we liked the first issue a lot. This is a continuation of that. His father tells him to time jump, and he appears in the nineteen in nineteen seventy nine, yeah, I believe, in New York, right before the eighties. And uh, you know, he tries to live it up because everybody told him how wild the seventies were, and he kind of believes it. He sees a lot of weird shit going on. That's just New York. Uh, he finds another guy who's a time traveler, and the guy's like, "Dude, you got to help me. I'm stuck here in this world. Like, let me take apart your bracelet and try to figure out what's wrong with it, and then maybe we can both get back to where we need to go." Turns out that's actually the bad guy. And his father's like, what did you do? Why did you give him your thing? Like, you got to stop him. Uh, so there's this whole fight that goes on between the two of them. And uh, I don't want to spoil the ending, but it, it's, a, it's a lot of fun. I'm really enjoying this book. But you had to see that coming. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. And you knew the guy had to be a bad guy. It's like, that was too... Dude, the, the chapel fight was pretty cool. Oh, yes. <laughs> there's a lot of awesome stuff in this book. I'm just passing through. Oh, really? <laughs> I've read a few of the Aftershock titles now, and I can safely say this is my favorite of them. Why New York? A time period in New York is never good. I'm <laughs> just saying. <laughs> That's right. I'm hating on New York today. What's wrong with New York? I don't like New York. Sox fan. Hello. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, Frank's doing a hell of a job. It's a great book. I love it. Yeah, I love it too. That's why it was my number one. Okay. What's your number one? Uh, my number one was Nightwing Rebirth number one from oh. Tim Seeley and Yannick Paquette. <laughs> that was my pick of the week. <laughs> it was surprisingly good. I mean, I'm not the hugest Nightwing fan. Um, I've always liked him, but I've never really like loved him. Um, I feel like this story was really cool though, because it was Dick coming back to Gotham and meeting up with all the other people that are involved in the bat universe and kind of reestablishing himself as Nightwing. Uh, you got the whole thing with court of the owls going on too, which is very interesting. I'm excited to see where that goes. And, you know, they've tried to recruit him to be the trainer of their talents and his whole plan is to go in there and kind of destroy them from the inside as Nightwing, which is pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, I, he's out there hanging with Damien playing video games. Yeah. <laughs> 
Which is apparently something Batman doesn't like Damien to do. And I thought that was very funny. You could, you could have just not had that line in there, but it's like, oh yeah, father doesn't like me playing video games. It was like, that would be something Batman wouldn't want to do. <laughs> it rots the brain. Yeah. <laughs> All Batman does is train, so. But, yeah, huh? And Damien had that crap up his nose. What is this? Freaking, uh, <laughs> what's that Arnold Schwarzenegger movie where they pulled the thing out of his nose? They redid it. It's the one he's on Mars. Yeah. Uh, oh, Total, oh, Total, Total Recall. Recall. Yeah, Total Recall. So I'm like, what, are we going Total Recall here? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that, was a th- that was a thing from another storyline. So yeah. that, that, that I'm, I'm actually happy they addressed that. I was cool, though, where the quick cameo of Midnighter. I was like, that's cool. I like that, too. I, I liked what, what did he call him? Nemesister. Nemesister. That's what it Nemesister. was. Nemesister. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty funny. I mean, we really enjoyed Steve Orlando's run on Midnighter, so it's a, it's a lot of fun to see you know those two characters interact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, so, yeah, that was my pick of the week. Okay. It was really nice. good. Um, my pick of the week was Morning Glory's 50, Joe Eisman and Nick Spencer. Where am I at, Joe? Uh, <laughs> I didn't see myself, Joe. You promised me, Joe. Where the hell am I at? He still hasn't drawn you into the book, yeah. Dude, I'm just, I'm just going to die a really heinous death or something. I don't know. It's going to be like really nasty or something. I hope so. You're going to do that in my book, for sure. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's the way to go, man. But Morning Glories, uh, it was a really good end to this second arc of the book. It revealed a lot of stuff. We learned a lot of answers to some of the mysteries. I, he gave me the answers, and I'm still freaking lost. There's still a lot of stuff unanswered. And there's more mysteries that were created by this issue as well. Uh, it was honestly like a perfect ending to this arc. Uh, I couldn't imagine doing it any other way. And I'm not going to try to spoil anything or tell details or anything. Because if you're a Morning Glories fan, you need to read it and you'll enjoy it. I promise. If you're not, you'll be lost like Miguel. But, uh, <laughs> what, what do you mean I'm not a fan? That's a $6 book. <laughs> yeah. You know if I spend $6, you know I'm in. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was just fantastic. I love Nick Spencer's writing. and I think he did a great job with this issue. So that's my pick of the week. What about you, Todd? What have you read this week that you'd like to talk about? Oh, well, I, I, I read a lot of uh, you know Marvel and DC. I'm very much a, like in-the-middle fanboy. And so, let's see, my number two pick, I'm going to go, um, I'll go Nightwing for that. I really did like, I've, I've read the Kyle Higgins run of Nightwing, which is fantastic, you know? Sadly, though, that was a book that got the axe because of events, because you knew that Kyle Higgins could have written that forever. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I actually got to interview Mr. Higgins once, and uh, you, you just hear the passion for him in Nightwing. So it was sad to see him have to leave that. Uh, I'm, I am excited for the new uh, status quo uh, with a DC Rebirth in Nightwing. I'm glad Nightwing is back in pure blue. Yes. Because uh, that's, that's how I grew up with him, like, you know, Batman TAS and all that. Yeah. And then... Um, the Lincoln March twist was interesting. I, I look forward to seeing how that goes because you know Lincoln March was very pr- a very big part of the New Fifty Two when you really think about it. Yeah. Um. So you know, I the art was a little off for me in places, but you know that's just you know everyone's got their opinions on art, so I'm not going to delve into too deep into that. Uh, number one pick that would be uh, Hal Jordan and, and Green Lantern Corps. Number one Rebirth, whatever. Because I, I really liked how they just delved into who Hal Jordan is and how he sees himself in the core, you know, and also showing the uh, what happened in uh, Colin Bunn's uh, Sinestro book, which I honestly didn't read, but kind of makes me wish I did after seeing what happened in the book, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, Sinestro being as epic as ever, and then Hal creating his own lantern ring. So I think that the Guardian said, "Oh, no one but a Guardian can create a ring," and so he just gives him the finger and goes, "Yeah, I can, I can do this." And then he does. And so, you know, a lot of people didn't like the trench coat look he had from DCU. I, I was, I didn't mind it actually, but, you know, it is good to, again, have him back to form, uh, seeing him 
uh, as now the sole Green Lantern kind of sort of the universe has Simon Baz and Jessica Cruz are on Earth uh, at his request. So it's going to be interesting to see where this book goes. Uh, pick of the week. I know this is going to be very unpopular, but I'm going to say it anyway. It was Civil War number three. Funnily enough, I knew who was going to die before I read the book because some yuts on one of the Facebook pages I'm on posted the pages of who died instead in big bold letters. Hawkeye kills Bruce Banner, and I'm like, what the frick? Because <laughs> again, it's like at 8:30 a.m. You know, I don't. I'm not even going to get my comics till like six because of work. And so, like most of the world outside of you know comic sites and you know those certain people who just know don't know who's dying. I mean, they're advertising you know this big massive death, and you know then I get that spoiled, and then I read the book, and I'm like, okay, I was still spoiled, but it's better because I read it. You know, so like anyone who heard about this, but it just is turned off by the death. You got to at least read the book, because for me, not only was the twist in Who Killed Him unbelievably well done but the twist of the twist of how and who killed bruce banner you know a hawkeye killing bruce banner was brilliant and i'll say that for the, the discussion later and then they had like the whole courtroom scene which i did not see coming and i thought that was brilliant you know, a lot of people are giving civil war two a lot of flack because it's it's a slow burner unlike you know civil war which was you know all action and raw superhero versus superhero blah blah blah, blah. but this is actually building up the conflict to this breaking point and some people are saying that hulk's death is the breaking point but it's just like okay this is this is this has my attention at least i mean i don't know how you guys felt and how other people felt but i was just like this was this was a character story you know and you know as we delved into how bruce died and why bruce died and you know the implications and that's going to happen and you know you see the ripple effects forming and you started you actually started people seeing the pick sides like like nova this is like, yeah, I'm kind of with Iron Man here. And it's just like, uh-oh, here we go. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I, completely, uh, then, I completely agree with you. I, I feel like, uh, yeah, this is definitely the catalyst for, you know, the change that's coming. Uh, Iron Man is definitely not going to take Bruce's death very well. And I do, I mean, we can talk about the twist, too. The fact that Banner was the one who actually asked Hawkeye to kill him if he ever did Hulk out again. And that whole, was beautiful. Whole, I mean, I'm sorry. That was just beautiful. Because that, that is something I totally think Bruce would do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely in character for him. And I think it's interesting that for, you know, as long as he can remember, he's been working on ways to stop himself from becoming the Hulk or to prevent himself from hulking out. And that's what he's been working on. Uh, so the Avengers come to confront him and Beast from the X-Men hacks into his servers because he's probably the only smart person around that is capable of that. And finds out that he's been doing that. So then once Tony finds out Banner's been experimenting on himself, he's like, come on, Bruce. Like, we've talked about this. You can't play with that shit. That's what causes this problem. Because the whole thing was that Ulysses, the Inhuman, saw in a vision that the Hulk was going to, like, destroy the world. So, well, yeah, he, he saw that the Hulk was going to kill, like, every Avenger ever. Like, the bodies of all the Avengers was around him. And... Obviously, that could be the implication that he would destroy the world then afterwards. But the the big thing was that like every Avenger was about to die. So, <laughs> did you know the funny, the funniest thing though was was that you know they had the vision of the Hulk killing everyone, and so they go confront the Hulk with everyone. And it's just like you do realize if you do not bring him in, he will Hulk out and kill you all, and you're just fulfilling the vision. I'm like, where's the forethought into this? Yeah, it's a stupid superhero move, but that happens a lot. There you go. <laughs> The yeah. interesting thing for me, though, was the whole was he about the Hulk out or wasn't he about the Hulk out discussion, whether Hawkeye yeah. 
actually saw his eyes change to green and that's why he fired versus was it preemptive? Like, did he do it before anything actually occurred? And Hawkeye swears because he's trained his entire life to see things that other people don't see. He saw the change about to happen, but everybody else just saw an arrow go through Banner's head. (laughs) They didn't see anything else. Yeah, which was, I thought, another beautiful point because they could have totally glossed over that. Like, oh, so Bruce hired him to kill him. Should have no good. That's why. No, wait a minute. Did he actually about to Hulk out? That was that was great. I mean, it's the little things for me at times. And like that was it. You know, first, oh, Bruce hired Hawkeye. Then did Hawkeye, you know, see this flicker of green? You know, oh, and they didn't show it in panel. They showed the panel of of like Bruce enraged or whatever, but they didn't show the green in his eyes. So it's really like showing, hey. Maybe you don't know what all that's going on, and apparently there's a comic that's going to delve into that. The uh, the accused. Yeah, it's, so. it's hard to hard to trust eyewitness accounts, and I think they did really a job of of highlighting yeah. that. Yeah. Um, the other thing you mentioned is the slow burn, and I feel like you know you can't really compare Civil War two to Civil War one because Marvel's in a completely different place now than they were back then, and most of the crossover stories have been slow burns for the last like five years or so. I mean, yeah. AVX was a slow burn. Original yes. Sin was a slow burn. Oh, gosh. Like, it's just, it's Marvel's standard now to do these kind of stories. And honestly, I feel like Civil War II so far is one of the better ones they've done. I agree. It's been I pretty agree. good. Are you awake over there? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, uh, my turn to talk? No. You, you, you haven't gotten a chance to read it yet, have you? No. Thank y'all for spoiling. I appreciate that. I hate everyone. You know. <laughs> I, I asked if it was okay to spoil it. It's all on him. He's like, oh, yeah, we're going to talk about it in a sec. Hey, it's so. Saturday. If he hasn't read the book yet, it's on him. <laughs> It's sitting, it's sitting there, but uh, no, I just like you, I'd heard about the rumors, and I'm like, you pieces of crap. It, I mean, it, I don't know how I feel. Where's Cho? Uh, was Cho even there? No, Amadeus Cho was not. I not. I honestly don't know his positioning in the. I, I know he's you know the incredibly awesome Hulk and blah 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 blah. So I'm not Hulk sure. Was I, it? No, Bruce Banner. No, it was Bruce Banner as Bruce Banner. It wasn't the Hulk. The, the, no. But the 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 vision of Ulysses uh, he had was a Bruce Banner Hulk. Okay, I was going to say it was completely oh, shown, and and I think that makes me wonder what uh, Amadeus Cho's role in the MCU is currently because I I've heard people say that people know he's the Hulk or a Hulk I guess she should say, but it, but when they heard oh the Hulk's going to kill you all they all ran the banner yeah so well, I don't know Cho's Cho's going to reappear in. Uh, the new Young Avengers book, um, uh, Champions, Champions. Champions, yeah. So I mean, he's still he's still important. He's still going to be a part of things going forward. Um, it's kind of weird to not have Bruce Banner in the universe, though. Currently, <laughs> exactly. Civil War Six is going to show you that Ulysses is being controlled by Onslaught or some shit like that. <laughs> I mean, no, no comic book deaths ever are permanent. I mean, he'll definitely be back at some point. It's just a question of how and when. And you know, really, it's more about the execution of the death than. Uh, or the execution nice. <laughs> more so than uh, the fact that he did die. And it was really well handled. I thought I agree. I was like, and, and if you think about it, when they tease this major death, you know, you can't, there's certain characters you can't kill for various reasons. Bruce Banner, however, since the secret wars fall out, he's not doing anything. I mean, they specifically say he's not doing anything because Amadeus Cho is the Hulk and, you know, he's not part of any Avengers team. So when you think about it, he was actually kind of a brilliant choice because they could have easily had it to where the Hulk kills someone and then it's just like, okay, so their book, you know, whoever they killed, you know, or they could have killed like a completely nonsensical character and then like had nothing. But they go, no, let's kill Bruce Banner. Yeah, because he's not doing anything. We can kill him for now. Sure. So it was absolutely the perfect choice because he's a character that matters to a lot of people. 
But you're right, he's not doing anything. So really smart choice by Marvel. I agree. And I, I look forward to seeing the fallout of all of this because, I mean, we all know what happened. I mean, in the original Civil War, it was, you know, the, the Superhuman Registration Act, and then they they tried to force it, and that's why, why Cap diverged. But now it's that, you know, Ulysses... Visions and Tony may or may not know how the visions work. I really, they got to walk a fine line there because if they somehow say that Ulysses is influencing these events or the uh, the visions or whatever, then that's going to go to totally derail this for the worst. So yeah. I'm hoping that it's not like some Deus Ex Machina or thing. You know, it's like, oh, so you you're influencing it or this is influencing it. I just hope it's not that. Me too. That's where my gut is telling me they're taking it. It's I, certainly I really, possible. I really hope not because I mean. Here's the thing. Like I was actually talking about this, like when they were the whole, the whole picking sides thing, and I'm like, okay. And he was saying like Ulysses can't be trusted. But I was like, wait a minute. He's seeing the worst possible thing. You know, something is gonna happen. Like the whole celestial opening, which I thought was a really well done thing too. Um, you know, he saw what would happen when, if the celestial came in. You know, had his way, and that's what Ulysses is seeing. Yes, it's not the future. It's a possible future. Should be, all these things go wrong. But that doesn't mean he's wrong. It just means that if you don't interfere based on his suggestions, bad things are going to happen. Like the Hulk will kill everyone. Or like all the things that Captain Marvel during the uh, the trial said that she stopped because of Ulysses' vision. So clearly he's right. Clearly he these, these are 100% accurate should things go wrong. So I just hope that they don't diminish what his ability is. Otherwise, this whole thing is for crap. Yeah, Marvel's really good at starting stories. Uh, they're not the best at ending them. So, so yeah. they're Stephen King. Okay. It's <laughs> <laughs> a fair parallel, actually. <laughs> well, moving on, let's talk about you, Todd. Why don't you tell our audience a little bit about yourself and about home and about your Kickstarter? Okay. Uh, my name is Todd Black. I am an indie comic writer. I've been doing this for a few years now. I actually have two series currently. I have a Guardians of the Galaxy. No. Uh, nice. <laughs> I get that a lot. I was like, wait a minute, aren't you? Isn't that that space movie? No, Guardians is totally different. Ironically, there is no singular book called Guardian. It always has like some subtext or you know words after, but just pure Guardians. There is no book called that, and so I took it. I took it. It's mine now. <laughs> uh, yeah, Guardians is a superhero comic I write. It's an ongoing series, and then uh, Home is a fantasy comic miniseries that we are currently funding through Kickstarter. We are on our third issue right now, and uh, I'm just really enjoying it. Home itself is about a young woman named Alicia. She was born with natural blue hair, and this kind of makes her an outcast in uh, the hometown that she's in. She gets a lot of dirty looks and such, and uh, her parents are gone. She has no friends. She's stuck in the rut of life until one day she realizes she can see and manipulate living computer code. And when she interacts and quote-unquote fixes this code, things happen in the real world. Uh, broken things get repaired. She can even manipulate the earth in certain instances. And so she goes around her town and she starts doing this. And one day she accidentally opens up a portal to another dimension, one filled with knights and monsters and the origins of the code. And now she's stuck there to help them with their problems so she can get home. If she can get home, if she wants to go home. And it's this beautiful blend of sci-fi and fantasy and just a whole lot of... It's a character story, which is the only thing I like to write. Uh, not that there's not action. It's just I prefer to focus on my characters just as much as there is action. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's just it's a very fun story. It's for, it's for all ages, but we do have some you know very deep uh, themes and morals and stuff like that. 
and like we have monsters getting their body parts chopped off, but not in like a gory way. I didn't plan it for that, but it just came out that way. <laughs> it's like, when you tell your artist to draw a splash page of knights and monsters fighting, bad things happen. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's true. It's like, seriously, the, the final page of home number one, which was, you know, I, I had this very clear vision, and my artist uh, at the time, Din Nguyen, totally delivered. And then my colorist came in, she had, like, blood everywhere. I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, it's a battle scene. I'm like, yes, but we don't need to go gore fast. Just tone it down a little. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah we have a kickstarter going on for that we actually have all the issues of home available via the kickstarter so anyone who's interested you know you can just catch up all in one go and we have some really cool rewards we got a cosplay rewards uh via cosplayers like uh az power girl Karen nicole we got the super sirens rain hills and triple diamond cosplay miss page blunk uh you can get drawn into the comic which i think is really cool uh you can get my entire Guardian series, actually, which is 16 issues right now, you can get all of that through the Kickstarter. So you you could technically get like the minimum 20 comics for $15. That's not which a bad deal at all. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, at the making of this podcast, we are $85 away from our goal. I think so, you'll make it, man. Congrats! I think I'll congrats for getting so close. <laughs> Yeah, it's just so nerve-wracking because I'm like, come on, where's the pledges? We're $85 away. Can we find it already? So I think we talked about that too when you when you first approached me about coming on the show. Um, like, It seems like most Kickstarters are super busy in the beginning and then it trickles in for like the entire middle two weeks and then the last week everybody experiences some kind of bum rush where people come yeah. in and pledge. So like, if you're that close, I'm sure you'll make it. <laughs> oh, I know we'll make it. There's not a doubt in my mind that we'll make it. It's just, you know, when and how much surplus can we get? Because I would have – and you're right. Like, this Kickstarter has been so weird because my first two, you know, I had a good start. And then I, like, I had, like, kind of consistent pledges throughout more or less. And then we got funded both times. And then for this one, I had 2K in the first week out of 2,500, which is our goal. And then, like, the next week we had, like, 100. Then we had, like, 150. And – and then depending on how today goes, it would be like 200. And so, you know, we're like fl- flirting with like just like little pledges and all that, which is fine. I accept that it's part of the Kickstarter life. But it's just so funny because I'm like, I had 2K in the first week. And like every <laughs> professional that I've talked to about Kickstarter is like, if you get like a whole bunch in the first in the first week, you know, all the pledges will like just like racing because they'll, be, they'll want to get you funded. And I'm like, okay. And so I get like 2K in the first week, then I'm like, then nothing. I'm like, oh. That sucks. <laughs> I think it has a lot to do with whether or not Kickstarter just chooses to feature you as well. That too. Because uh, I think that does a lot for your middle area. Um, yeah. I, I just did my first Kickstarter back in March, uh, and we had the exact same thing. It was like a lot in the first week. We got like 46% funded in the first week, and then it just trickled in, trickled in, and then we got the last like 1,200, I think, in the, in the last week. <laughs> so, huh. I mean, it's, it's just the, the nature of the beast, I think. But it is. It's Kickstarter. Kickstarter is a very interesting thing in that you know you hear about all these success stories and you know they, that that inspires people. It's like, oh, well, if they can do it. I can do it. And it doesn't work like that at all. It's constant self promotion. I mean, you've got to be out it there is. like talking to everybody and yep. you know do as many podcasts as you can and just do everything you can to promote it. I mean, you you, you are your best ally for for making sure it gets done. Or worst enemy for not getting done. <laughs> That's uh, true too. It all falls like, on you. Pretty much. Like case in point with Guardians, I have done three Kickstarters for Guardians and none of them have worked. Then for home, I just went all out. I was like, okay, well, let's just let's just do everything I can and then I got funded. And you know, 
again, $85 away, you know, it's more or less a guarantee that I'll get funded, but it's just like, I, now I've had three consecutive Kickstarter successes after like four or five failures, and I'm like, what the heck? Because <laughs> like, I couldn't have, I would not have predicted this. I did this on a whim. I was like, okay, let's, because see what happened with Home was that there was this, uh, con, you know what Oni Press is? Yeah. Okay, well, they had this open call, right? And it was like, you know, everyone could submit an idea, we're, we're picking, we're, we're, you know, we're opening up the doors and all that. And so I was like, okay, let's do this. So I had this grand idea for this, you know, Wheels Within Wheels, like Jonathan Hickman kind of story. And uh, it was called Shift. And I reread the rules and they go, it must be a miniseries to start. I'm like, crap. So I was like, okay, let's, let's get, I like the idea though. So I scaled it down and then I came up with home. And so I pitched it to them and sadly they rejected it. But I was just like, I kind of want to make this now because a friend of mine who mysteriously vanished after getting me this pick, I kid you not, uh, it was the weirdest thing. Uh, he, he drew me a picture of Alicia, the very first picture of Alicia. And I'm like, okay, I kind of want to see her story now. So I, I, I get my team together and we make the first five pages and we do the Kickstarter. And I'm just like, Okay, well, let's just do this. If we don't, we'll figure something out. And then I, I get fun, and they got like three hundred dollars over my goal, which is like mind-boggling to me. And I was just like, okay, guess we're gonna keep going then. And then we did number two, and I barely got over the goal, but we made it. And then now I'm, you know, I still got a week to go, and we have eighty-five dollars to get. And it's just like, you know, I I still can't believe it that I'm, you know, three issues into my second series, but here I am, and I'm. Just very excited. <laughs> it's, it's an awesome thing that you're doing it and that you're making it happen. When, when is the last day for the Kickstarter so that our audience knows when they have to uh, pledge by? It is the, uh, the 24th. Okay. If you had to pledge at, on the 24th before midnight of the 24th. So before Monday. Next, yeah. I, I don't know why I like ending on a Sunday. I just feel like, you know, that way you get like that last weekend rush or whatever, you know, and then I can start Monday saying, yeah. I did something good. Yeah, I think for ours, we did the first of the month through the last of the month. That seemed to work pretty good, too. Yeah, this one was a little different because uh, I actually, the last two Kickstarters, I, I pled, I pledged, I started it on like the first Monday of the month, uh, whatever it was, because that was uh, advice from like Greg Pock. It was just, like start at the beginning of the month. But then because of reasons and, you know, wanting to make sure I had all the art I could. I just I, I did it later, so I did like on the twentieth of June, and, and it didn't hurt me. I, I don't think it really did. I mean, outside of maybe not getting featured on Kickstarter, but you know, it's just I probably will do the beginning of the month next times because I had a lot of people telling me, "Don't worry, Todd. You know, like the pledges will come in, but the it's the end of the month. You know, people have to pay bills and blah 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 blah." And so I'm like, "Oh yeah, I didn't really think of that." So yeah, you're awfully quiet over there, Miguel. I'm just listening to him. Okay, listening <laughs> everything he's saying. I'm just okay, taking it in, taking it in. Listen, listen to me. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious. <laughs> Uh, she's able to speak. <laughs> she can see living computer code, huh? And she can fix it. Yes. Uh, where did you come up with the names? Of uh, the characters? <laughs> yeah, just curious about that. I mean, it just... Uh, uh, it's a good question. Um, it's a good question. Elise? It's a weird lead-in. She well, has this ability. Where did you come up with the names? <laughs> well, I was going to go to that next. I was wondering if it was Terminator-influenced. Terminator. Well, you know, I'm just thinking code. I, I, that's what I was like in my head. Like, am I in the right... Am I thinking right here? I, I don't know. That's why I was kind of no. like, I was kind of yeah. like, leave me alone, Justin. I'm thinking, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> All right, uh, Alicia. Herself. Well, Matrix is what I meant to say. Oh, oh Matrix. There we go. That, okay. That's a closer approximation. I had Terminator in my head. Uh, okay, ter- uh, that's now I'm thinking Terminator. No, Alicia came because of a book I was writing when I was in college because I was 
bored. Uh, <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that how it always starts? Like, oh, I have like two hours every night to not do anything. Let's just write a book. You went to DePaul, and, right? Yeah. DePaul University, uh, Chicago, Go Blue Demons. Yeah, I know. Uh, it was a great, good school. I, it actually was because of it was because I was short segue. I because of DePaul, I went to C two E two because I my comic book store when they sold me my comics, they had an ad for C two E two, and so you know I was just like, I can go to Comic Con. This would be my first Comic Con ever. And then because of that, I met I went to Marvel panel and they told me how to make comics, and I was just like, okay, let's do this. So thank you, DePaul. Anyway, so but no, uh, when I was in DePaul, I had uh, I was in my dorm room and I started writing a story. It was called Ascension, uh, not to be confused with the sci-fi series. Just saying, and one of my main characters was named Alicia, and I never finished the book because of uh, reasons. And um, I was just like, what should I name? I wanted my, I wanted to have a female main character because I because Guardians is about two brothers, so I wanted to you know do a female character lead, and I was like, what name could I use? And I just remembered Alicia from Ascension. I was like, well, I haven't used that officially in any of my stories that I've actually released. And it's just like, okay, let's go with that. Then uh, some of the other characters just kind of came to me. Garnon was very much just an original ki- ki- uh, character name. Sonia, I think I, I took from somewhere. I'm not really sure. Then um, pretty much every – no, I can, pre- I can say this. Every other night that we have in home was named off of someone. Someone I knew, or someone from the Kickstarter. Uh, Alfred and Kara are uh, the uh, cosplayers I mentioned. Uh, Alfred Trujillo and uh, Kara Nicole. Uh, they actually make a lot of the variant covers for Home. They've done one for every issue so far, and they're absolutely amazing. That's cool. uh, we got we got Sophie and Sissa, who are the Ultra Girls, who helped me out last Kickstarter. Great gals themselves. Uh, we have Kenny. He was a Kickstarter backer. Randy was a Kickstarter backer. Jason. He was the guy who who really helped Home Number One get funded. He was a Kickstarter backer. Gosh, Jenna was a cosplayer I met who also disappeared not long after the making of her character. Oh <laughs> like, man, I kid you not. I was just like, because we got we met on Twitter, we we really hit it off, and and she was gonna promote the Kickstarter with me, and then I was like, do you want to be a knight? And she goes, yeah. And like, what's your favorite color? And she goes, green. Can you like put like green in my hair? And I'm like, okay. And like, what weapon do you want? And she's like, a rapier. I'm like, awesome. And then I got the character done, and I tried to show her to her, and she never responded. Man. And I mean, I see her post. She hasn't blocked me or anything, but like every time I try and contact her, I I don't get a response, and I don't know what it is, but it's just like. And then I hear her mention one time that she got drawn to the comic book. She's like, this is my first time ever, and I'm like. Girl, I drew you in home. What are you talking about? And it's just like, okay. So, but yeah, but uh, outside of Alicia, Garnon, and Sonia, who I think it's actually better that way, uh, every other night, uh, all nine of them, oh, Yashira, Yashira Lynn Ames is a friend of mine. She actually drew the cover for home number three, which is totally awesome. The cover it is. Uh, I actually had a poster made of it. I loved it so much. Uh, so all nine of the, the 12 nights are all based on real people, names included. And then I took like, we took like their likenesses and we put them onto the nights. And then uh, they all got to choose their weapons because I, I wanted to make sure they had their own uh, uniqueness, if you will. Cool. So Two things. Number one, ahead. I'd love to be a knight. My weapon, a double-edged horseshoe. <laughs> Being a horse, hey, no more nights. <laughs> the cap was twelve. And the horseshoe, yeah. Well, are you hoping for some luck? Uh, <laughs> exactly. Now, uh, if, if you listen to the show, uh, we actually have a friend of the show who does a comic strip every week based on characters that we've created, 
And okay. uh, Miguel created the character Lord Horstocles, and it's kind of a Venture Brothers sort of thing where he's like the bumbling idiot leader of this troop of minions called Horse Minions, and uh, he always tries to play up the horse angle on pretty much anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Of course, of course. Second thing is, yeah, I know you're down to 12, but I read somewhere earlier uh, before you came on that you uh, are trying to make sure you touch on every one of them. They all have their different story, different yep. opinions of things, and how you want to make sure each and every one of them gets a good portion of, this, of the time. I guess I'm not saying this right. Because some artists have, you know, they introduce new characters and they fall to the wayside. They're in, yeah, the, they're in the book now here. But you're not it, trying to do that. You're trying to keep them all interactive and everybody needs to know they're always somewhere doing something i guess yes the and that's freaking cool by the way thank you uh the big risk i took when making these nights because like i said there's 12 and 12 of them total is that i only have like five issues to tell the story and none of them outside of the last page are in number one because it's all about alicia there and so i have my my job is to make sure that in these issues especially three four and five that they get time to shine or they get you know, time to show their personality. And so and I, I'm so much, am I worried about this that I'm actually going to do like a dedicated page in a three, four, and five about the knights so that they know more about them. Uh, the readers know more about them outside of Alicia, obviously. And so, and in number three, I actually do this page I'm really, really proud of. It's, they have like this kind of a town hall meeting. There's this big thing that happens, and I can't spoil it, but there's this big thing that happens, and they're like all talking about what the heck are they going to do. And every single night has a line, and each one of them shows their personality in it. Uh, like one's panicking, one's like, "I just want the, I just want to fight," and everything. It's really, really fun. And then in four, I'm really going to delve into them more because I want them all to be unique. I really, want, I want every single night to look unique, sound unique, be unique as much as I could possibly do. That's why all their armor looks different. That's why no two characters have the same weapon. Even the sword wielders, they're all different kinds of swords. Uh, there's you know there's the warriors there's the architects um, I wanted uniqueness because not only would I did I know that that would lend to the uniqueness of the comic but it would really give someone to something to resonate with and you know I know some people like certain knights and everything and so uh, both in how they look in knights garb out of knights garb you know these are these are all individuals and so I wanted to make sure that they had their time to shine and then I, I introduced uh, let's see three of uh, the final three nights uh sissa uh sophie and kenny and they had this really epic scene and i'm just like yep that's that's pretty boss so it's just like yay <laughs> so you're doing this as a, a five issue miniseries yes is there like a finite resolution to that five issue miniseries or are you going to continue these if there's like public demand for them after that uh, i say it like this alicia's story will be done by issue five okay but that doesn't mean home is done and and uh, you'll understand that when you see the final panel, which I have kind of teased a little bit, if you pay attention in the book. Home has always been a miniseries, but that doesn't mean it ends after the first story. Okay. Let's put it like, let's put it like that. I think it's cool. I, I like when people do that. For me, it was, as sad as it sounds, it's a money issue because all the money I do make a, outside of paying bills goes to Guardians so I can keep making that. And then with, with home, I just, I just didn't have that luxury, especially since I have a new team, which means, you know, more money I have to spend. And so that's why Kickstarter was like the only option for me. And, you know, it's worked out very well so far. So good. But I, I, I had to say, okay, like when's the, where's the end here? And I knew it was going to be five or six, but then after writing home number three and thinking about where I needed the story to end, I was like, okay, I can do this in five. So how big is the book? How many pages? 
Oh, 20 pages. I, I very finite about that. I do that in Guardians. I do that in Home. I, I'll do that in all the stories until they tell me I have to write more or less because <laughs> it, I find it's a very round number. It's 20 pages and you have the cover. There are no ads, so you don't have to worry about that. And when I print it, they, they print them in like pods of four. So, you know, it's when they when they say, oh, you can do 20 pages, I'm like, perfect. And then I just have the covers and then it's a it's cheaper comics. So Guardians and Home, huh? What else? Anything else on tap? Well, I have some things maybe in the works, and then I already have my idea for the next series I want to do after Home is done. So, and that'll be another mini series. But I just I I want to keep writing comics, and so I'm just gonna keep writing Home until it's done, and then I'll do my next story. And then if I come back to Home, great. If not, I have another comic I'm ready to do. And then should DC, Marvel, or any other publisher want to hire me, <laughs> hint hint, uh, <laughs> uh, I would be very open to that. I will say this: Home looks very good. Uh, looking at some of the art, but I'm actually very intrigued of Guardians. Well, uh, like I said, we have reward tiers where you can get every single issue of Guardians. So after we've done this podcast, I welcome you to pledge to the Kickstarter so I can give you all these. We literally just finished uh, Guardians number 16, which is our 17th issue. We had a zero issue. And so uh, it was the first issue of our Speed Wars arc. We introduced our Speedster Speed Burst. Yeah, see him on the bike. <laughs> no, that, no that, that's Vlad. Okay, but it's still that's, cool, though. I'm like... <laughs> no, that's our villain, Vlad, and his biker gang, the Blitz Raiders. That's still and freaking then, awesome, though. I like he is, I love he, I, I posted that on my Facebook page, right? And by, uh, my friend, Andres, who helped me make the Guardians website, he goes, oh, look, it's a civilized version of Lobo. And I'm like, that's not too far off. <laughs> <laughs> Because Lobo's awesome, but you can't just do Lobo, obviously. And I was just like, you know, like there's nothing new other to sun. So I'm like, well, how can I make him different? And I'm like, well, what if I do this? And then what if I do this? And then what if I do this? And then what if I have him talk like in perfect diction and politeness and everything? And I'm like, that's a totally new character. So I'm like, worth it. Do it. Make it so. Gotcha. Nice. <laughs> no, love the tagline. You know, they prayed for saviors, what they receive were guardians. Yeah, it's Guardians, like I said, it's my superhero comic. It's all about these two superheroes that were created by a deity to protect a city in need. And, uh, you know, these people like basically just prayed out to their to the great maker, as I call him. And the line is, they ask for angels, they pray for saviors, what they receive for guardians. Because this isn't exactly what people think it is, you know. And just like, oh, it's a religion. Like, no, it's not a religion. It's, it's something, actually something else entirely. But, you know, these, these element and chaos, my heroes, were literally snapped into existence. And so they were given all these powers, perfect control of their powers, but zero people skills. And uh, that's a huge dynamic because they're like, they're almost afraid of the people because they don't know what to say to them and so they go to this watchtower called the perch and they just stand there and they watch over delta city and they wait to be needed then they go save the day and they come right back because that's all they know how to do and so they start asking themselves is there more to our lives than just our purpose element says yes chaos says no then all these super villains start showing up and they're forced to evolve on the fly and it's just it's really it's my like it's my superhero story, and so I get to do what I want, and I just love what I've been doing so far. And Guardians has meant everything to me, and to keep going. And to Speedburst and Vlad were actually one of the original characters of Guardians. Uh, I had this; it was supposed to be a movie idea that I had because obviously I was going to make a movie out of it, obviously. And <laughs> Speedburst was Speedburst, who was originally called Speed Demon, oh, which was a Marvel character. I found out. 
he was going to be one of the original guardians, and then Vlad was going to be his obvious ne- nemesis, and then I evolved that into now. So to be this far to have Vlad and Speed Demon, Speed Burst, sorry, Speed Burst here is just like, oh my gosh, I'm like totally doing this. This is so awesome. And then I, I, there's a character coming up I'm really looking forward to, and it's just like, oh my gosh, this is so awesome. And so for the for for me to have to put the Guardians of the Kickstarter, it's my way of saying, hey, I really do have this, I have this other series, I really think you might like it, pledge to this, and then you'll get all this basically for free in a way, you know, I just, it's my way of saying, hey, I hope you'll check this out, and I hope you'll like it, and I hope you'll, you'll keep reading it, so, and it's honestly, the Guardians reward tiers are one of my more popular ones, because everyone's like, oh, wow, 15 comics, sorry, like, 20 comics for 15 bucks or so, you know, that's, you can't beat that, so. That's, is that PDF? Yes. That, uh, okay. It's, it's uh, I, I I do get that a lot, but it's it is all the Guardians comics are all PDFs, uh, just because it'd be really much of a pain and really pricey to do. It. I ha- I do have a friend who said he would pledge to that no matter the cost, but it's just like I would feel bad, you know, because yeah. it's like you know I have to make a profit on this and then I have to make gauge it to where you know I I have to get something th- through the Kickstarter, otherwise I'm just like you know not getting anything at all. Because it, it, it was 17 issues, 250 an issue, plus shipping, plus adding home. We're talking like between 75 to $100 for 20 comics, which basically priced it around you know, 5 bucks an issue, which is what I actually charge at cons. But I, don't, I just don't feel right doing that, you know? Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> cool. Well, for our audience out there, make sure to go check out his Kickstarter. Make sure to support at that tier, and then you can get all the Guardians comics as well as home. It's, both of them sound like great stories. I'm looking forward Thank to reading them. <laughs> Yeah, it's like yeah, fifteen dollars is all digital, home and guardian. So then you have a twenty five dollar tier where you get uh home number three in physical copy and then all of guardians and then you be go up from there. So uh yeah, and then if you want if you want home in all physical copies, we have a twenty dollar reward for that. So we gotta check out everybody you want physical or digital of home and then guardians isn't all is all digital. So I need my home issue signed. <laughs> if you, I if you pledge, I kid you not. If if you pledge and you get a physical copy, I sign them all. There you go, people. I sign. I sign. Every, I sign. I, that was a request, actually. Which In blood. Still bu- <laughs> to that horse Fine. guy. <laughs> to the horse guy. guy. To that horse guy. <laughs> Night number thirteen. Yeah. Uh, no, like I had someone ask me on the very first Kickstarter. She goes, uh, her name is Jennifer, I think, and she goes, "Will you sign these?" I'm like, "What?" She goes, I, "If you, if I pledge to this, I, I'd like you to sign it." I'm like. Okay, so I just made it like a, a line item where I was like, if you get a physical copy, I'll sign it. You know, there's like one or two exceptions, uh, but uh, yeah, if you pledge it to home, I will sign it uh, for you because that's what people want, apparently. And I'm like, who am I to sign these comics? And they're like, you're the creator of it? I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess I am. <laughs> so it still boggles my mind. Like every time I'm at a con and every time someone buys my comic, nine times out of ten, I'm, oh, can you sign it? Do you have a pen? Can you sign it? And I'm just like, okay, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty cool. I don't have that it, feeling. I don't write books like Justin and you guys are. That's really cool. The thing that boggles my mind is how when I go out places and people know who I am because of the stupid horse thing and it's like they get crazy. I'm like, can you do I'm like what? Or can you what? do the merman voice? I'm like, what? Can you do this? It's just, it's funny. It really is. It's like wow. Okay, cool. You're a fan. Cool. That's it's great. You do great work. Your your attitude is infectious. I, I love your passion, man. Keep going. Keep going strong. We're, we got you back. I will pledge while we were still talking to you on the show. I'm just trying to figure it out right now. Oh, please do. And uh, people people keep asking me why I do this. And, it's be, and the truth of the matter is, I've always liked writing, and I've always liked writing 
myself into my favorite shows. Like, I have a Pokemon thing, I have a Yu-Gi-Oh thing, I got a Power Ranger, I got a whole Power Ranger season lined out. <laughs> Full stop. And uh, it's just, my passion has always been, like, one of my defining things and my creativity. And so when I finally started to really want to make comics, it became everything to me. And then I got to this, like, low point in my life, and I literally looked at myself in the mirror, and I was, I was, I was crap. I know. I wasn't on drugs or anything. I know some people are thinking that. I was like, oh, this guy was, like, totally high. No. Uh... No, I was in this bad like workplace, and I was just like, I looked at myself, I go, Todd, if you don't start making comics now, you're never going to do it. So I ponied up, I started making Guardians, and the rest is basically history. A very long and turbulent time-consuming history, but history nonetheless. And you know, now I'm here with Home, and you know, we're three issues in. I'm already thinking about my next series, and I've got some things that might be coming around, so that's be more comics to make. And it's just like, I want to make comics, and I would love to be in DC or Marvel one day. And to write their comics, and it's just this is this is everything to me. So to to get people to say, you know, Todd, we love home, and Todd, we love Guardians, and to go to cons and people be interested in it, you know, it's just it's 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 amazing, and I love it so. That's very cool, man. Thank I, you. I feel the same way. <laughs> I'm, I mean, talking to creators like you is it's it's part of the reason I do what I do, you know. I actually have a lot of comic making friends, and so I go to them often for advice and such. And they and they like they give me what they can. Like one of my friends, uh, Mario Candelaria, he's done numerous books, and yeah. you know he gave me advice on the Kickstarter. He's like, oh, when you start shipping out the Kickstarter, here's what you need to do. And so I like I followed his advice, and I actually saved a bunch of money because of it. So I was like, yay! So <laughs> well, let's move on to everybody's favorite segment. You ready, Miguel? Tell me a funny story. Miguel's going to go first. Oh, come on. <laughs> oh, yeah, because I'm probably not going to be able to match his, uh, his funny story. Uh, it's going to be hard to top because this is 100% true. But, yeah, let's, let's start with your less, less funny story. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I should call this segment whenever you're on. Tell me a less funny story. <laughs> nice. Okay, well, we had this guy named Todd Black on our show, and he wasn't very fun. No, <laughs> okay, here we go. So uh, I live in the country, as everyone knows. Um, and I, a lot of bees, a lot of bugs, a lot of spiders and snakes out there. Enough about your family. Tell the story. (laughs) (laughs) So going in the house, right, going to see my dad because, you know, he's injured and he's disabled. Uh, and my mom is legally blind. You still want to make jokes about my family now? Huh? 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 <laughs> I tried to kill her with a tree. So. <laughs> Shut up. One accident with a chainsaw and you never live it down. That's right. <laughs> yeah. My mom was behind me and I clipped her with the chainsaw. Okay. <laughs> There's no insurance money there. No, but anyway, no, my dad uh, has a little back issues. But I went over there and I just talked and, you know, fortunately I live next to him. So I was enjoying ourselves and laughing. And uh, he asked me if I can do my favor. Sure. You know, give me something in the store. All right. I'm gone. So I walk out the door. And in the top right-hand corner of the house on the porch is a huge yellow jacket's nest. Now, I've oh. seen it there for a couple of days now. I've never messed with it. We don't. We leave them alone. We'll kill them whenever we get to it if we want to. We'll just let them be. They don't really mess with you. They don't bother you. And so I walk, and all of a sudden, I'm, oh, son of a fuck, Jesus, damn piece of crap. <laughs> like, freaking hell. My dad's like, what the hell happened? What the hell do you think happened? <laughs> Stupid freaking bee stung me. <laughs> So I'm walking down the steps, walking toward my house. Freaking stupid, freaking, <laughs> you hear me yelling. My dad's sitting there laughing at me through the screen door as he's not coming out the door. He's looking up and looking at me and laughing. And I get to the house and open the door. I'm like, freaking, freaking, my wife's like, what, is, what the hell is wrong with you? I got stung by a bee again. 
<laughs> what do you mean again? <laughs> anyway, so Braden and my son's like laughing at me. Yeah, the bee was like, look, it's a fat man. Let's get him. <laughs> so the fat jokes came out and the bee jokes. I'm like, dude, it freaking hurts. So uh, my mom calls over and the cell phone. Hey, I heard you got stung by a bee. Yeah, I did. We'll put some alcohol in it. You'll be all right. Don't, don't act like a baby. What are you talking about? Act like a baby. It freaking hurts. I wouldn't act like a baby. It just stung me. So anyway, I told my wife and I said, I'm going to go get some poison. And we'll come back. I'm going to kill every one of those bees. It's personal. I go to Walmart, shut up, and uh, I look around. I'm trying to find which one I want. I'm also cheap. But I, f- I got the spray when I come back home. Would you spray with Windex? <laughs> <laughs> well, before I left, that was the other part of it. I, my dad gave me a can of Raid. Here, boy, use this. This will kill him. But my dad didn't give it to me the front door. He ran around the back. Here you go, man. And he goes back inside the house and shuts the door. So the house is locked. So And there's cars parked everywhere. So where I'm going to try to spray, I have to be able to look where I'm going to run in case it doesn't kill him. And But, I, you know... At first, I'm cocky because I figured he gave me the right spray, wasp spray. I didn't read the stupid can. The can was roach and ants. Oh, crap. So all I did was piss them off. <laughs> you talk about running. I turned around, took off running. I flipped over. Okay, my father has a big, he has a, he's not, we're not rednecks, but he has a big <laughs> tractor tire in the front yard that he filled with dirt and has blue bonnets and stuff in there. And it's been there forever since I was a kid. Anyway, so I wasn't paying attention. My ass was running away from the bees and looking back. So I clipped the tire, flip over upside down, roll into the ditch, and I, I still get away. But anyway, that, that didn't feel good. <laughs> so I was pissed because he gave me the wrong freaking spray. And goes, oh, I didn't have wasp spray. I thought this would kill him. No, you try to get my ass stung again. So this part <laughs> He's of standing the, in the window just cracking up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was laughing at me. And my, my wife goes, are you an idiot? You knew it's not going to do anything. It's just going to make him mad. Yeah, I realize that now. So anyway, then I went to Walmart to get the wasp killer, which I bought. I bought Bingo Wasp. I even tweeted this shit out saying, I'm coming back, you son of a... I'm killing all these bees. And the guy's like, don't kill the bees. God put them on this earth. God put, them, the here bees. For- <laughs> God put them on this earth for me to kill them, and I'm going to kill them. <laughs> so I'm out there with my flashlight now. It's dark now. And I see them, and I spray the living hell out of this damn thing. It's so bad. I mean, the spray is still dripping down. The nest falls down. They're dying and falling on the ground. And as I take a step down the... Well, when I was coming back up the porch, I noticed there was another big nest, too. So I may have just killed innocent bees, you know. So I attacked the other wasp nest. <laughs> I killed them, too. It falls down, and it smells like spray. Because I unloaded maybe half the can. Yeah, they, they were dead. And I went back, and I was purposely stomping on every one of them that I saw. It didn't matter. That's right. <laughs> That's what happens when you mess with the big dog. You get the, the shoe and the spray. So, yeah, that was my funny story. <laughs> Not funny, but it, it hurt. It was funny, too, because after it got stung, it got, like, really big, and it went back down. It's like, my wife's like, are you okay now? You through crying? Did you get superpowers? No. Uh, uh, nothing. I didn't, Captain I didn't get, Stung. I didn't get, I, didn't get a, I didn't get a stinger. Captain Sting. Captain Sting. <laughs> I didn't get any wings or nothing. I couldn't shrink. I couldn't get big. I was, oh, you remember that terrible Marvel hero, The Buzz? <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, yeah, no bee powers. What's, uh, what's Spanish for Buzz. Buzz. But exactly. <laughs> El Buzz. El Buzz. <laughs> El Buzzo. There, are you happy now? <laughs> you racist bastard. Oh, yeah. Back to Mr. Black. You hair racist. So I'm going to have blue hair, and I'm going <laughs> to get racially profiled. Oh, and speaking of racially profiled, so this um, morning. <laughs> it's just that, you know, it's, a, it's an unnatural color, and so people hear what they don't understand and all that. That's what yeah, they say about brown, He's too. an unnatural Shut person. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> anyway, so this is the other funny story. Uh, just real quick. I went to our local Love's gas station by my house because I wanted my Dr. Pepper from the McDonald's. I'm not an addict, so shut up. Because uh, we have McDonald's attached. So I pull into the, to the driveway, and I'm going slow because you need to pull in slowly and whatever, and then there's a cop there. And he's just like, he slows down and he stops. 
and he just looks at me as I drive by. He's like giving me the death stare. If he was Vader, I'd be dead. And so he's just looking at me like that, and he gives me a nasty look. Then he's looking at my car, like looking at my sticker, like everything's Then he turned around, and I thought he was running my plates. I'm like, dude, what the hell? I live in town. He was probably just making sure you weren't playing Pokemon Go, driving your car. Not. I don't play Pokemon 60, okay? (laughs) I don't play Pokemon Go. But I'm like, what the freak? This is my town. This is my town, okay, Mr. (laughs) Officer? You know, I, I don't get that. What the hell? Cop just trying to pull you over, just just to just to take money from your pockets for no reason. You just got one of those faces, man. I, I don't got, have to tell you. <laughs> I, I got a baby face. I mean, I don't I don't look like I would cause any crime. Well, that's debatable. <laughs> nice. yeah, no, no comment on that. One. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> no. Pee Wee Herman had a baby face too. <laughs> that's, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> what the hell, man? <laughs> How are you comparing me to Pee Wee Herman? <laughs> Cheer. <laughs> <laughs> you're number one right now, both of you. <laughs> anyway, all right, so it's my funny story. Socks, Mr. Black, you're next. All right, I was at uh, C2E2 Chicago Comic Con, and I'm just, I'm, I'm in RS Alley for second year in a row there, and this guy comes up to me, and he goes, Hey, you're the writer of this comic, right? I'm like, Yeah. And uh, he goes, I have an idea for a comic for you. And I'm like, Okay. He's like, You know Donald Trump, right? Yeah, it's like, do you do you like Donald Trump? Like, I think he's I think he's a good guy in some ways. And he goes, okay, check it out. Well, you know he's running for president, right? Yeah. So what you need to do is you need to make a comic of Donald Trump, and you could set it like during like the Chicago riots. And what you do is you have it set during it, and, like have Donald Trump like you know stop the riots and everything, and then end it with him being president. And I'm like, okay. He goes, yeah, I think it's because like, you know it's going to happen. You know he's going to be the president and everything. So we just you need to have a comic to just to symbolize his heroism, and he's just going on this long spiel. And this is funny for two reasons. One, I actually do like Donald Trump. You know, some of the things he says aside, I actually think he could be a good president. I'm definitely going to vote for him over Hillary. That's not even a question. <laughs> but uh, what the difference here is that you hear about these like the you know the stereotypical people. You know, like, you know, they always have like those fans and everything. And I, I'm a firm believer of that that's not all true. You know, that's just people profiling and everything. But this guy was totally a Trump guy. You know, he had, he was redneck, which isn't a Trump thing, but he had like the teeth. You could just tell he had like guns in his car. You know, it was that kind of guy. And he just like comes to me and he says, you know, you, you need to make a Trump comic. And he, he wanted to pay me to make a Trump comic. And I'm like, okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to think about uh, how long you want the comic to be, what your price range is, then come back to me and we'll talk. And he goes, okay. And I never saw him again. <laughs> and I looked at the guy left to me. He's just another artist in our style. I'm like, can you believe he just asked me to do that? And he goes, yeah, that's, uh, that's, uh, yeah, that's something there, right there. And I'm like, I was actually praying that the guy wouldn't show up because that would be one comic I don't want to make. Uh, <laughs> I just, oh my gosh. Just, you can't make this stuff up. I mean, of all the people he came to, he came to me asking me to make a Trump comic. I was like, what? That's weird. <laughs> it is. I'm just like, I mean, I wasn't mean to him. I wasn't rude to him. I was honestly listening to every word he said, but it was just like, he was so, he was, was like has such conviction, you know, of you know Trump not only needed to be president, but he needed to have this comic. I don't even know if I could have done that legally, 
you know, because there's like, you know, personality rights and whatnot. It's, just, it's like why Obama is not in a comic very often. They'll reference the president, but they'll always have him like, you know, silhouetted or whatever. Uh, like Marvel did that in Civil War, actually. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I don't even know if I could have done that legally without getting like into some serious trouble. And so, but he was like so passionate about it. So I was, I was like, OK, go with it. Just let me know your thoughts and then we'll talk again. And he never came back. So just like, well, Marvel, did, Marvel did turn him into MODOK. From an alternate universe. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, that. Well, he's also Superman in one of the multiverse ones. They did that in Infinite Crisis, uh, Final Crisis. So, you know, that's not surprising. So, yeah. <laughs> wow. Just call it Frump. Frump. <laughs> Give him a new name. <laughs> He'd be like for some alternate dimension with demon powers or whatever ability to control things. See, like, you know. <laughs> oh, oh, what's that? Oh, you, you like what I'm doing? Oh, guess what? You're fired. Go to heck. <laughs> oh, yeah, What's but when he does it, your fire thing, you explode. You want to run against me in the next election? You want, you want to run against me in the next election? Let me tell you something. You're fired. <laughs> yeah, he like snaps his fingers and people spontaneously combust. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> fired. Boom. <laughs> That's funny. Cool. Well, thanks for sharing. Yeah, I just, uh, I, I, I just still can't believe it. It's like one of those stories and you just you can't believe that happened. You know what I mean? It's like, hey. uh, Yeah, if I was in that situation, I don't know what I'd do. <laughs> That'd be really weird. You would ask security. Security. <laughs> I'd just be. You know. I, I actually think that was an option. Like seriously, it was. Uh, there, there is security at these panels, and it's just like, uh, I could have asked for that, but uh, <laughs> who knows? I, uh, <laughs> you got a pretty mouth, boy. <laughs> no, sorry, please. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to this week's comics, movie, and TV news. All right, man. What do you guys want to talk about first? Well, the guests let him choose. Comics, movie, or TV? Well, there's, there's honestly a lot to talk about. Um. I heard a weird one. This is this was kind of weird, and this is like multifaceted. Mark Guggenheim, right? You know, he's a he's the showrunner for Arrow, and he helps the Flash and Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah, he's apparently mad. These Wonder Woman uh, uh, picks from the movie, uh, the Aquaman movie with Gal Gadot, uh, got released, and one of the picks, quote unquote, resembled a cover of Elektra that Mark Guggenheim is doing. Yeah, I saw that too. It's it's really stupid. Uh, it's, it's Wonder Woman uh, crossing her arms in front of herself, like showing the, the bracelets. Yeah. Uh, it's the same pose that Elektra did on, on a cover, holding, yeah. the, holding the scythes. Uh, but I'm pretty sure Wonder Woman has done that a million times. Yeah, when she, yeah she does that. Like, That's the pose. That is, I mean, her... Her gauntlets crossed, arms crossed, is the Wonder Woman pose. That's how she arrived in Batman v Superman, and the whole freaking theater cheered because I'm, I'm, that was the Wonder Woman pose. I'm, I'm pretty sure that just comes from a lack of comic knowledge. You know, like he's, he's yeah, only that, familiar with the things he's working on, and and, and that hurts me because I like Mark Guggenheim. You know, I like Arrow, despite what some of the fans say. And it's just like I respect him, and he's actually talked with me on numerous occasions on Twitter. Very nice guy. And then I see this, and I'm like, what? Yeah, I think that just comes from his lack of knowledge. I mean, that's that's all I, that's all it can be, right? I mean, I mean, I guess if you'd never like really seen a Wonder Woman cartoon or show or comic, then yeah, you don't know that that's the pose. But I mean, even just concept art, you know, all the artists. Well, I've seen so many artists do stuff with, like the cross-armed gauntlet pose. I'm just like, that's Wonder Woman. You know, that's her pose. So the, the only other thing it could be is that he's just trying to get his name out there and stir up controversy for. For no reason, so you know, they, they say no no press is bad press. So fine, I'm gonna go start some controversy. I'll be right back. You always start controversy. <laughs> <laughs> you live in controversy. <laughs> fine, let's talk to me about some TV. All right, let's continue with TV then. Uh, we saw some images this week of Wally West as Flash. Yeah, Kid yeah. Flash. Ah, cool. Yes, I like him. I like the design. It looks really too. good. It's yeah. very. It's it's ironic for 
like three reasons. Number one, that's classic kid Flash outfit on non-classic kid Flash because yeah. they took like the new 52 version of Wally West, uh, you know, hit with him being you know African American, and then but they put the classic you know redhead Wally West costume on him, and then two, it's very specifically stated that that still or the stills that we saw were from episode one of season three. Which means this is Flashpoint Wally West, which means he is he is Flashpoint Flash. Yeah, five times fast. Flashpoint Flash. I uh, can't do it. Uh, <laughs> but it's just like so. Like everyone's like, oh my gosh, they're finally gonna make him Kid Flash. Well, he, yes, but they're gonna. All, we all know this is gonna get reverted. Yeah. So it's possible they could be doing a feint here, which I actually think would be really, really interesting if that they do, like. Flashpoint Flash Wally West with the classic outfit. Then when they like redo the timeline, you know, un unredo the timeline, redo redo the timeline, whatever. Flashpoint unflashpoint it. There we go. They could go new Fifty Two version of Wally West. That way they could play to both aspects of the character. Yeah, just I, to, I imagine just, they would do something like that too. It seems right up there. Marty, we gotta go back to the future. <laughs> but I'm looking forward. Great Scott. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it either way. Flashpoint's a pretty fun story. But I do want to complain about one thing real quick. Bye, in regards to this, I have to do some major freaking bitching at my direct dish TV, whichever one I got. I don't have the freaking CW anymore. It's gone. Really? You pieces of monkey spunk crap, whatever you want. I, don't, I can't watch Arrow. I can't watch Flash. I can't watch Supernatural. I can't watch Legend Tomorrow. I can't watch Supergirl. What the hell? I, I don't know. What, I don't even know wow. when that happened. My wife just pointed out to me yesterday, like, "Oh my god!" Because I was trying to catch up on my shows yesterday. I'm like, "When the shit did this happen?" So I've got to call my local people and figure out what the hell's going on. Otherwise, I'm gonna be here at your house. Hey man, I need to watch. I gotta watch my shows, dog. <laughs> Let me in. <laughs> so yeah, that was me. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. That's crazy. Let's figure I, that I out. get you not. That happened to my family. That was CW with, with a Spike TV. Yeah. My mom is addicted to lip sync battle. I have no idea why. I but love that show. I, of course you do. <laughs> for, the record, for the record, I do want to be on that show because uh, I have the perfect songs that I would love to do. I would uh, do... Uh, it's a and there's a reason behind both these songs. I would do yeah, I Power you, by Kanye West. I know you would sing it I worked on Saints Row the Third where that was like the song. And so I would do that. And then I would do uh, I Burn from Ruby. And I would dress up as Yang from Ruby, so I'd be dressed up as a girl on national television. Because what, what do I care? <laughs> yeah, and no, I would go no, Joseph no press is bad press, on that. Okay, I would do that <laughs> style, you know, team coordinated dancing, and I would rock that house out. Anyway, so anyway, but it's Thursday. Okay, it's Thursday. My mom is ready for a lip sync battle, and she turns to Spike TV, and it's gone. Like in the course of, and she we had it on the other day, so it was like you know in the course of twenty four hours. That was gone, and it was just like, what the freaking heck? <laughs> so I feel your pain. Luckily, we got it upgraded to where we got it back, and we actually got a better uh, thing going on because of it. But it was just so weird that, like, one day it's there, and then one day it's not. So I feel your pain. Thanks. But yeah, you got to get it back because, like, this upcoming. How season will you about- watch Supergirl? You have to have it back. I know. Well, technically, you could. You could. You could. You could watch it online because they do like the whole free thing, like a day. He, he can't because he lives out in the middle of the country and barely has internet. Yeah, because I don't have persistent Wi-Fi where I'm at, where I'm at. We can't get it yet. They're working on it, but so I, I, we live off of a Wi-Fi box up Verizon. So it, yeah, it sucks. Yeah. Gotcha. So we can't watch it. So yeah, understood. Um, Fox has apparently ordered an X-Men TV pilot. 
Yeah, and did you hear that they technically canceled the other one? Yeah, they canceled Hellfire Club. They're still doing. Is- they're still doing Legion, which is pretty yeah. cool. Okay. Uh, but Matt Nix, the guy who created Burn Notice, is okay. the guy they hired to do the pilot for X Men. Okay. And it's supposed to be like a Jubilee kind of story. Uh, they, they haven't said what character it's going to be, but it's going to be a young mutant whose powers have just manifested, and he did something that caused like people to start looking for him, hunting him. Okay. So his parents take I'm him on the sorry. run, and they're trying to get to Xavier's school. And along the way, they meet all the other X Men and, and that kind of thing. Nice. So it it sounds pretty cool. Yeah, it does. Uh, sounds cool. I, that actually might work like really well if done right. Obviously. Yeah. If done right, I'm I'm excited to see what they do because I mean, yeah, I love Burn Notice, so you know. Yeah, me too. Yeah. it's a good show. Uh, let's see, Dane Cook. This is a weird choice. Has been cast as Robbie in the Stars adaptation of Neil Gaiman's American Gods. I have no knowledge of that series Neither. outside of. Oh, that. it's a it's a novel. It's a, it's a really good oh, story. Um, Isn't Dane Cook like a foul mouthed comedian? Okay, he's 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 a guy that Hollywood just doesn't want to let go. <laughs> well, he hasn't done anything in a, in a while. I thought it was kind of interesting he got cast in this. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out what his last thing he did. I think I've seen him in something. I mean, he's done his stand-up specials and he did a few movies here and there, but most of them were back in the early 2000s. We haven't really seen much from him Nuh-uh. aside from stand-up in the last like 10 years. Isn't he and- the one with uh, he could uh, sleep with all the women and he wound up with Jessica Alba? Yeah, that was one of his movies. <laughs> okay, good luck, I, I good luck, Charlie. Chuck. Good, good luck, Chuck. Chuck. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I was literally thinking of that movie, and I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> oh, here's one for you, Miguel. Okay. Uh, Supergirl casting. You mother pricker. Uh, <laughs> Ian Gomez from Cougar Town has been cast as newsman Snapper Car. Snapper Car. Who? <laughs> to both things. First of all, I don't watch Cougar Town. Uh, I don't even know who that is. I feel and like that's no show that's made for you. <laughs> <laughs> I have no clue. Anyway, all right, whatever. That's but, it? Yeah, that's it. Okay. <laughs> I can't very, see it anyway. I got no damn CW. What the hell? I'm very <laughs> interested in seeing how Supergirl plays out because I've been hearing about all like the casting issues because of the move from CBS to CW. So I'm very interested in seeing how this plays out in the transition. Yeah, me too. Season one was good, so we'll see what happens. Uh, Supergirl, I, I'll be honest. Supergirl is the first superhero series, and I watched them all, um, that I honestly couldn't finish because I, I gave it a chance. I watched the pilot. I watched like up to episode five or six faithfully. And then it was just like, it was on the same time as Gotham. And Gotham season two was like one of the best seasons of superhero television I've ever seen outside of the finale. Uh, the finale wasn't that good for me, sadly enough. Very sad about that. Uh, but, you know, I, I tried to watch it and then I was just, it was so bad. You know, like, A, they kept doing Superman stories for Supergirl. And that's like the one thing you should not do uh, outside of, you know, like Kryptonite. And the the explosion of Krypton origin story, you know that 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 you have to cover, obviously. Yeah. But it's just like they had like the, all the love triangles and relationship crap. Yeah, and that then, stuff definitely dragged it down a bit. And, I mean, Maxwell Lord was just a poor man's Lex Luthor. It wasn't even funny. Yeah. Um, I, don't know, I, she, I never finished it either. I watched the first nine episodes, I think, and then I got wrapped up in too many other shows. I think you've seen the whole thing, right? No, I haven't. Actually, I'm, I'm that was one of them I was trying to finish this weekend too. But it, it got. It got better once it got past the halfway point. Um, the only, the only like Superman related thing that worked well was Livewire because they totally mimicked more or less the uh, the origin from the cartoon because she was created in the Superman animated series, and they did like the a pre faithful recreation. You know, she was a shock jockey. You know, we could find a Supergirl, but then she gets in an accident, and then tries to take it out on Supergirl and Cat Grant, which is great. You know, Cat's fifty fifty out to me, but. Uh, you know that was faithful, and then but then the rest of Supergirl, the best parts were when they weren't faithful to Superman. 
comics like Red Tornado. That was a great episode. Yeah. Uh, uh, Live Wire. That was a great episode. The World's Finest. You know, with Flash coming in. That was a great episode. Bringing in the Martian Manhunter. Oh my gosh! I mean, no one saw that coming. Everyone's like, "Oh, Hank Henshaw. He's going to be this." the cyborg superman somehow you know everyone was expecting that and then it was just like i am john jones i'm like holy crap you know so like that was great and then like that kind of stuff was great but then when the rest of the series just like went in circles you know and tried to mimic superman like they did like the memory monster uh, uh for the girl who has everything whatever i was like really you, you you're mimicking the one of the best superman stories for Supergirl, like, do you have no new? This is the okay. When Arrow came out, uh, everyone's like, "Why are they doing Green Arrow?" I mean, yes, he was one of the 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 breakout stars of the later seasons of Smallville, sure, but he had a cast around him to support that. You know, wh- how are you going to do Arrow? And everyone's like, "Oh, it's going to be Batman, but with bows and arrows." And then Arrow season one showed that's not even close to being true because you know he doesn't have the no kill rule at first. Uh, and, you know, he has a different supporting cast of characters. He's a different kind of person. And it worked. And they had that opportunity with Supergirl to say, okay, it's not just Superman's cousin. It's she's her own character. She has her own world and characters. That was great. And when they tried to do that, it worked most of the time. When they went back to, hey, let's just make a Superman story with Supergirl, it didn't work. And there's a reason it's on the CW now because the ratings plummeted on CBS. Yeah. It, it went from the most watched premiere of like history to a few million. Yeah. So no, I definitely made some mistakes, but I mean, it, overall it's been a pretty decent show and I, I feel like now that it's on CW and it has more influence from the people that worked on those other shows, it'll get better. Yeah. Um, and obviously the crossovers will help it. I mean, I think that was yeah. one of the reasons that it came to CW was because of the flash crossover, which again was one of the better episodes. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Well, that's it for TV. Uh, let's move on to comics comics all right uh, we already talked about civil war 2 a bit three uh, two. <laughs> civil war 2 issue 3 with banner's death let's move on to uh, frank cho Apparently, oh, yeah. he, he's I left could, he's left wonder woman yeah, you gotta tell me more about this because i've only like seen like bits and pieces of it and i, I want to make sure i have the full story before I, I render my opinion okay well basically uh for those of you who don't know frank cho is the guy who has been making fun of the Milo Minara variant cover for a long time. Everybody remembers the Spider-Woman cover where she had her ass sticking up in the air yeah. and it caused like a big it, thing. It, it was, well, to be clear, it was a very awkward position it, for her to be in with yeah. her butt sticking up in the air. Yeah, it was basically like a position that nobody could really contort themselves into. Except uh, spider And there, there was a big backlash and that, that <laughs> cover got... I saw a stripper do it. <laughs> that uh. cover got recalled. <laughs> so Frank Cho for the last two years has been doing his own sketch covers or variant covers with different characters in that pose. Yeah. Like, you know, saying like "fuck censorship," I hate censorship. Like anybody that pulled that cover is dumb, whatever. Uh, so, anyways, he got hired to do Wonder Woman, and he did. Uh, he was supposed to do twenty-four variant covers for Wonder Woman. He did six, and then he walked away from it after six because uh, of censorship. It was the same sort of thing. Like he drew a cover, the one that they've been showing online is Wonder Woman in like a perfectly normal pose, like she's holding her sword and like leaning back, whatever, and she's wearing that lower torso guard kind of thing that has the the like Roman looking things with the little, yeah. I can't even really explain it. It has like panels that hang down from it. Right, right. But when you lean a certain way, you could see her underwear is basically it. And he okay. drew, he drew like a little bitty line that just sort of highlighted her underwear behind that. Well, when DC went to print, they intentionally moved the cover over so that it cut off the underwear. Wow. 
which, you know, it is what it is. But apparently Greg Rucka, the writer for the series, was the one who demanded that, that happen. And apparently a lot of his covers, uh, Greg Rucka has been bad-mouthing or demanding that changes have been made because he finds them a little too sexually overt. Okay. Uh, and because of that, because of the censorship, Frank Cho was like, fuck this, I'm out, and just left. So that's basically the story. Jesus Christ. Censorship. Jesus. Always always playing in, in a, a role in comics. What I tell you about Funfair Positive Soccer, bro? There it is. <laughs> It's ridiculous. It, it's a comic. I mean, I understand you want to maintain the integrity of a character like Wonder Woman, but I really don't think showing the smallest hint of her underwear underneath her armor is going to like blow people's minds or make people lose it. It's not the 1950s, man. Yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, she's wearing underwear. That's a. <laughs> it's, yeah, she's, yeah. Not, she's not nude on the cover. Yeah. Okay. Here's the thing. Okay. Oh gosh. I had the I had a wealth of respect for Frank Cho for uh, because of what he did for a friend of mine, uh, Miss Ivy Doomkid, who's a cosplayer. Uh, he did a, like a legendary picture of her, and you know, kind of kickstarted her career. And so I'm grateful to him for that. And he he does he's the kind of guy who you know he, he does the tongue tongue in cheek thing like with the covers and everything. And you know that was a lot of fun. And the key thing that bugs me this is that these weren't the uh, they're not the standard. main covers. They're, they're the variant covers for exactly. They're the variant covers. Yeah. They're variant covers, which means that they're only going to be sold in certain amounts at certain places, or if they're custom ordered to people right? that specifically want them. I mean, that's, exactly. that's the thing and, too. And because they're variant covers, they're actually being charged more. You know, because they're being drawn by the you know Frank Cho or who who have you. Um, they're not the standard cover. So for Greg Ruka to be angry about this and obviously he i haven't read his statement so i'm just going by by what i know from you guys it it bothers me because if this was the main cover the one that's gonna be you know more or less selling hundreds of thousands i mean it's the wonder woman comic um of copies you know whatnot i can understand that because you know that's that's his that's his call in, in a way because it is his words on on wonder woman but this is the variant cover and you know so it's much more limited it's only for those who can a can afford it and b want that cover and based on what you're telling me and i, I think i've maybe have seen the pick it's not nearly as egregious as you know infinite other comics and stuff that i have seen oh yeah in, in both variants and otherwise you know it's not even funny um so i i can understand franchise position and why he would leave if i mean I wish it didn't happen, you know, obviously, but, you know, you hear about these things in comics, sadly, and you hear about them all the time, and people keep changing where the line is supposed to be, and, you know, where the line is for one person, it's not for another, and they they fight over that, and I wish, I just wish it didn't have to come to that, because, you know, I know Frank Cho does great art, I mean, you guys, you've seen his art, he does some great stuff, and, I mean, he's done, like, numerous comics, and so... For him to have to walk out like that makes me sad because you know he was hired to do something and he obviously accepted for a reason. And so for him, yeah, to I mean, have it's to not like you drew Wonder Woman stripping it. Nice. Something. <laughs> like, well, the point is here also somebody here didn't do their homework or they did do and didn't expect this that he was going to draw her in a certain way. And then again, it's not bad, but no. okay, if you know this is what he's been doing, then why hire him? Get someone else so yeah. you don't have this incident to begin with. It's like they yeah. did it just to get what you say bad press isn't good isn't you know. Yeah, no, no, no press is bad no, press. Exactly. No press. It's ridiculous. It really is. Come, it is. I don't I understand. Agree. Censorship sucks. Yeah, there's a line of certain things you don't want to draw. Kids are buying the books, whatever. But like you just said earlier, they're expensive. Censorship to a degree can be good and it's necessary. But censorship to the extreme like we have here is something different. Yeah. Because that's, that's it, even, even, like, even like people who see the covers, like it's a line. 
Okay, you know, like I, I remember, like the I was like the very first issue of Catwoman in the New Fifty Two, they had her like leather outfit like halfway zipped down. Like what? You know, and obviously there was that scene in the beginning of the book. Uh, but you know, that was that was way more egregious than apparently what's with this Wonder Woman cover. So yeah, yeah, because Wonder Woman is a certain type of character. Yeah, I mean, I'm, and you got to protect the integrity of your characters. I completely agree with that. But it, like I said, it's not like she was a strip club. There was no. the the smallest little hint of her underwear showing underneath her armor, which you know, like I like I said, at least she was wearing underwear. Just the way certain people are built, the way they they're, they're I, tuned, where they're twine, whatever the hell you want, turn twisted, whatever. I don't, whatever. Censorship dude. just sucks in in, the, in this kind of case. Yes, it, to the extreme, it needs to be set to the extreme. So moving on from that, uh, you know the Telltale Games Batman mobile mobile game is coming yeah. out. Uh-huh. Uh, they finally, oh, it's a mobile game. Yeah, it's a mobile game. They finally give a release date for it, uh, September thirteenth. So huh, okay. that's pretty cool. Looking I'll forward to that. Downloading it then. Uh, the big news from comics this week is that we finally got the Marvel Now Previews magazine, which announced uh, all of the new and returning titles starting in October. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were 60 titles total announced. 30 of them were new. Uh, there's a lot to be excited about. I'm going to just highlight on some of the ones that I'm most excited for. You got to get that second job to afford these comics, man. <sighs> yeah, really. I know. Jeez. Um, so they're doing another Iron Fist series it's called Iron Fists. <laughs> Car Andrews is returning to the book. I was a big fan of his run, so I'm, I'm excited for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kingpin is getting his own ongoing, and it's Matt Rosenberg. Yes. <clears throat> Dude, Kingpin. Okay, Matt Rosenberg is off the chain, man. Yeah, I'm I, telling you. I love Matt's writing. And, you know, he did a great job on the Civil War Kingpin mini. So, oh, I loved it, yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what he does with the character going forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bullseye, who is one of my absolute favorite characters, Ed Brisson's writing a Bullseye ongoing. I think it's amazing that Ed's doing it. Uh, I, you know, I'm not a big Hawkeye guy. Bullseye, Hawkeye. I hate both of them anyway. (laughs) How can you hate Bullseye? Like you just haven't read any good Bullseye stories. Yeah, the one you gave me. I was. I was. What I meant to say was. (laughs) You didn't got me. What you meant to say was. Yeah, that sounds sounds about right. That's how most of the things. No, what I was going to say is, I don't really like Bullseye a lot. But there was the one series you loaned me that I did enjoy, where we were still in the. The card to that guy, the sales guy, whatever. I forgot the whole name of the. Where he was throwing was. the card to that one guy. No, it was the sales. <laughs> Shut up, dude, I can't remember. It's been a while. I read so many damn books in like how many years now we've been uh, doing this crap. Bullseye is one of my favorite characters. I'm really fucking excited for this series. Uh, then we have U.S. Avengers coming out, which yeah, we well, talked yeah, about. Uh-huh. Um, looking forward to that. Al Ewing's doing that one. Venom's coming back, but it's not going to be Eddie Brock, and it's not going to be um, Flash Thompson. Flash Thompson. It's going to be somebody completely new. I don't know who it is, but the cover looks awesome. It looks like Eddie Brock Venom did at the height of, of his craziness, uh-huh. but it's not Eddie Brock. It's somebody else inside of the costume. Interesting. Uh, and that one's being written by Mike Costa, who's the guy that just did God is Dead. Oh. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. It's Aunt May. Uh, <laughs> then the weirdest three titles that were announced, they're all spinning out of Deadpool and the Mercs for Money. Oh, yeah. You got Slapstick coming out, which yeah. is, is going to be wild and crazy. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Fred Van Lente is writing that oh. along with Riley Brown. Who's also doing the art? Uh, Riley's one of my favorite Deadpool artists, so I'm looking forward to seeing what he does with Slapstick. And Fred, of course, is just fantastic. Dude, how does Fred have a life? Uh, all of his life is writing comics. It must be because <laughs> when we saw him, that's all he was doing was writing. When you want to interrupt him, uh, he, he he writes at cons. I mean, that's he how dedicated the guy is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another one spinning out of there is Solo, and that's the like kind of former Avenger guy. Okay. Um, Jerry Dugan's writing that one. Okay. Okay. I love Jerry Dugan's writing, so definitely gonna be reading that. And then Full Killer. Character that we haven't really seen much since like the early '90s uh, came back for Deadpool: and The Mercs for Money. Now he's getting his own ongoing. And I read Full Killer as a kid. I have all the original run. It's okay. Uh, I wasn't super excited to hear that. But then I saw that Max Bemis is writing it. Nice. The guy who did Evil Empire. 
So Jesus Christ, now I have to pick up Full Kill. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then Thanos is having an ongoing from Jeff Lemire. Which we know how much you love him. And I'm a huge Thanos fan. And then Unworthy Thor, which we already talked about last week with Jason Aaron, taking over after the Malekith story where he lost his arm and everything. And you know I'm picking that up. <laughs> Looking forward to that too. So that's like eight or nine titles right there that I'm excited for. And there's like 30 of them in the list. All of them you are pretty good. Don't, so. don't forget, you forgot to mention my Which one is that? You got the official word about Death of X. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, I, I'm, I'm really excited because I'm a big Cyclops guy. And so when I heard that he was quote-unquote dead in, in the post-Secret Wars universe, the eight months later or whatever, my first question is who the heck killed him and is he really dead? Because, you know, the rule in comics, A, they're not really dead, and B, if you don't see the body, they ain't dead. Mm-hmm. And so then, like, you know, oh, oh, the Inhumans killed him. Okay, where's the body? And then it's just like, where, where are they going to get to this? And now it's apparently... This is how it's doing because you you've only gotten bits and pieces of what really happened between the mutants and the Inhumans, and so I I am looking forward to that because I want my answers and I want to know if Scott's really dead. Something tells me he's not, and just the world thinks he is. So yeah, he's the Phoenix. <laughs> I don't think he's the Phoenix. He, he was the Phoenix, and yeah, then Doom went. Then Doom went. Nope. <laughs> That's why he's not going to be dead. Yeah. It'll be some. Ah, oh, don't do it. Don't do it, Marvel. Damn it. But <laughs> but no, I'm curious about that too. Yeah. I just I I really like what Bendis did during his uh, uncanny X Men run with Cyclops and making him like the 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 middle ground between Magne- the old school Magneto and um, Professor Xavier and how far he went and then uh, you know like everything that happened to him and then he eventually gave up and you Told know now, and then apparently he went to war with the Inhumans which was like really really cool and everything so yeah yeah that was definitely a good run for mm-hmm. X Men. So yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to that too. Okay, I'm I'm more excited for some of the the solo characters getting their books though. All right, man. I worry for those. I mean, I'm I'm not, I'm not trying to disparage anything, but you know, for anyone who doesn't read Mercs with Deadpool, Mercs with the Mouth, are they really gonna read these solo titles based on you know solicitation alone? And so, I I fear that those those three spinoffs of the Deadpool ones they're they're not gonna last very long. They may not Just be. be. They, they may be short lived, but I'm gonna enjoy yeah. them while I can. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Deadpool fans will pick them up. I think. Deadpool oh, fans I'm sure will definitely that, pick them but up. But right? I know what you're saying there, Todd. I yeah, think. it's just it's one of those things. It's, I mean, they're they're risky titles to begin with. I mean, Full Killer only ran for 12 issues in, in 1991, I think. Anyways, like it, it's always been a short lived series because nobody reads it. It's like the there poor man's go. Punisher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Solo is is nobody's favorite character. <laughs> like. Uh, slapstick, I think, of the three has the most potential to, yeah. to be long-lived because people right now seem to love comedy stories, and you can't get much more comedy than slapstick. So uh, that's definitely one I'm getting. I, I think that one will, will last a lot longer. Plus, you got Fred, who's a star, and Riley working on it. Mm-hmm. Like, I imagine slapstick will be around. But the other two, I can totally see being like ten issues canceled. But yeah. either way, Fair. I'm going to go along for the ride. Yeah, that's cool. All right, man, hit me with the movies. There's not that much for movie news. The only thing we're talking about is that uh, they released. Some images from the Wonder Woman set. Okay. Yep. You can see Gal Gadot in full costume. She looks amazing. Yes, she does. The set looks I'm amazing. I'm really excited for this. Um, I can't tell you how much I'm excited for this. I, I am too. I think everybody is. Like, There's just such a positive oh, buzz I, about oh, Wonder Woman. Hold on. we got to say this right. They're, they're excited because BVS came out and she showed how epic she was. Yeah. Well, Up I mean, until I that point, everyone was like, Wonder Woman's going to suck. You know, Gal Gadot's not muscular enough. Then she shows up in BVS in full armor, takes down Doomsday, and they're like, yes, this is Wonder Woman. And I'm like, I told you that was going to happen, you idiots. <laughs> oh, you're not wrong. Give people a chance. Oh, Ben Affleck's going to be a horrible Batman. Now he's like the best Batman ever. Oh, Wonder Woman, she's not going to be that cool. She stole the show in like less than 20 minutes. Yep. So it's just like, give people a chance. That is true. 
we also got some Guardians of the Galaxy 2 concept art. Okay. Oh, which, yeah. Uh, shows what Mantis is going to look like. Oh, yeah. And, and confirmation that, that Mantis, Yondu, and Nebula are going to be members of the Guardians of the Galaxy team in the sequel. And Groot has not fully grown back. He's still, True. still baby Groot. <laughs> which, is, which, is, which is very interesting when you consider that in both timeline and well, how fast he grows in the comics. So that shows that they're, again, diverging from the comics a little. Yeah. I think they're going to, at some point throughout the story, he's going to grow back to full size just because... They're going to have to show it happening somehow. Yeah. Yeah, true. We also got a new trailer for Star Wars Rogue One. I wet my pants. It looks awesome. (laughs) I'm really excited for this movie. I can't get enough of that Star Wars, man. Oh, 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 okay. Uh, I got got to backtrack a little bit. You guys saw the Rebels trailer, right? No. You didn't? No, I missed that. Star Wars Rebels Season 3 was was, shown at Star Wars Celebration, and they confirmed several different things, including, A, the return of Darth Maul, voiced once again by Sam Witwer, who did him in uh, the Clone Wars series, and they are bringing in the one, the only, Grand Admiral Thrawn from the Star Wars Expanded Universe that got retconned. They are making him canon officially, and he's going to be the big bad in Season 3. That's really cool. Wow. Yeah, I missed that. Huh. I have a friend on Twitter. She fangirled the heck out when she <laughs> found. No, I kid you not. She was like, "It's Thrawn! It's Thrawn!" Because for okay, for those who don't know, that after Return of the Jedi, there was a slew of uh, ex- what's called expanded universe books, and they detailed what happened after Return of the Jedi. Because if you really think about it. Return of the Jedi technically wasn't the end because they just destroyed the Empire, the the Death Star, and everything. And as Robot Chicken clearly p- pointed out, you know there was still the rest of the Empire to deal with. Right. So these books dealt with it. Well, Grand Admiral Thrawn was one of Emperor Palpatine's most trusted admirals. We just never saw him in the in the movies. But he he commanded one of the uh, outer regions of the uh, fleet. And when he found out about the death of Palpatine, he gathered all the forces he could and he marched right into the new republic and basically took them out and he he just did this with such uh intensity and intelligence that he resonated with fans and so when the they uh retconned it once disney bought them like everyone's like wondering well because thrawn's technically not canon anymore will they ever really use him and now they're using him in rebels and every fan who knows who thrawn is is excited so it's just that was that was showing hey we still respect the expanding universe we just got to bring it in in our own way and so now thrawn is here and he's being voiced by lars mckilson so who uh is apparently famous in some circles so i just like yeah that's cool i I didn't hear that but that's that's good to know I just, I just, because like, I remember Rogue One, you, and you know, Vader is officially confirmed, and blah, 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 blah. So I was just like, we can't remember the Thrawn. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's pretty much it for news this week. Uh, okay. Want to remind everybody to follow us on our social media. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash comical podcast. On Twitter, I am at comical podcast. I'm at comical podcast too. If you want to follow Todd, you can find him at guardians underscore comic. And uh, don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes and leave us a five-star review if you enjoy it. And uh, that is pretty much it, guys. Don't forget Miguel won't be here next week. So look forward to a very strange episode. And uh, remember to let me know what your favorite funny stories were so I can work on that best of episode. Todd, you want to close us out? Keep on laughing, snitches. (laughs) (laughs) That works.